Hi, everyone. Welcome. This is Robin Sills from St. Mary's Hospital, Trinity Health of New England. Um, I hope everybody's doing well. And we are excited tonight to have with us a return guest who was on with us before, but he was on with one of his colleagues. And he's going to be on tonight solo because when the two of them were on, it was a little bit of a comedy show between the two of them because they kept over talking each other. So now I get him one on one. So I have with me tonight, Dr. Ryan Don. Again, who is a podiatrist and board certified in foot and ankle surgery. He is with Advanced um, Podiatry in Waterbury. And Dr. Donegan, welcome. Back by popular demand. Back by popular demand. Because, you know, I felt like Dr. Lazaroff didn't give you enough quality time. Well, yeah. (laughs) But now you know what's going to happen. I'm going to need to have him on, too. That's if I let him out of the basement. That's <laughs> you have him. You have him tied up, Doc. Just for now. Just for now. Actually, he was texting me today, and I ended up calling him. So you know, the one thing I can tell you, doing my doing this job for as long as I've done it, and working with docs in the community, seeing the new generation of physicians coming in and I know I'm making myself sound old but I can't help it. It's really super exciting and if somebody said something to me the other day about, you know, oh my gosh, you know, you've been doing this such a long time, like, you know, how do you keep yourself so energized? I said, because I'm so excited to see the newer doctors coming in and you know, making this community being one of the best places you can still get medicine and still choosing to be here in the greater Waterbury area and being able to pass along my history to these physicians and keeping you guys in line is definitely been a lot of fun. I don't know if I'll ever retire if I keep getting quality physicians like yourself. They might not let you either. They might not let me. Well, I do know that when I retire from the hospital, I have a lot of physicians that want to hire me in their practices. Yes, that that part I'm not surprised by. (laughs) And as as I had mentioned to you, I thought this was a a daily radio show you have, so this might be the uh, the next avenue for you to explore. (laughs) It was so funny. He, Dr. Donegan, for the audience, Dr. Donegan sent me an email a few weeks back, and he goes, hey, can I be on your show like every week? (laughs) <laughs> so, but we're going to let you on every few months. We'll let we'll let you. Very good. We'll just until your morning show kicks off, and then I'll just stop by um, before the sun up. Yeah, that's what Johnny's shooting for here. Johnny wants me to do an early morning show, so that may be the next retirement thing. I don't know. We'll 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 okay. see what happens. But you know, the last time we had you on with Dr. Lazaroff, we were talking about all the. podiatry services and foot and ankle services that we've brought to the Waterbury market and how you guys have started to create this team and and work together although in separate practices but working together to provide Mm -hmm. to provide services and you know you and I kind of chit-chatted a little bit the other day on our topics tonight but you know I I guess I want to start out by saying now how long have you been back in the Waterbury market? Um, January, I returned from um, Wisconsin. Yeah, you were in Wisconsin, and you returned back in January, and you hit the ground running. As they say, you know, you. I remember taking you around and meet, you meeting with a lot of our do, my docs, but you definitely hit the ground running. But you know, we think that there's definitely a lot of 
podiatric care here in Waterbury, but the specialty that you and your colleagues bring also bring that level of foot and ankle surgery. So can you explain yeah. that a little bit to the audience again? So there's a reminder as to what you do do, but what that additional um, specialty is that you guys have. Well, of course, yeah. So uh, by all means, the um, traditional bread and butter podiatry that everybody, oh, I guess their grandparents <laughs> grew up with and what they remember taking grandma to, um, we certainly do that in the office. No, nobody's turned away. Um, uh, do that with the same quality that uh, would perform um, any advanced sort of new generation uh, podiatric foot and ankle surgeries. The same attention and, and quality and um, uh, tuned into what the patient needs. But in addition to what, what everybody thinks is podiatry, um, uh, the new training and residency prepares you to basically be the equivalent of the uh, orthopedic foot and ankle surgeon and you probably easily argue uh, more trained and um, more experienced to do complex trauma, complex reconstructive um, or revisional surgery, uh, flat feet, um, arthritis uh, from the ankle all through the foot, um, any kind of sports injuries, any arthroscopic uh, surgeries, um, cartilage restoration, wow. uh, a diabetic Charcot, with um, most people may not know, and that's probably a good thing, not knowing what Charcot is, but if you've had it, you certainly know it, or if you know somebody who has had it, um, a life-altering uh, pathology that you can uh, unfortunately uh, stumble into, so to speak. So. Yeah. Um, all aspects, all aspects are covered. And, you know, you're also fellowship trained in sports medicine, which I find incredibly unique. So why that too? Why, why encompassing that too? Why did you do that? Um, well, those are the patients, uh, you'd like treating all patients, but right. the, the, um, special niche with, um, sports medicine usually is healthy patients that are motivated to get better. Mm-hmm. Um, when patients are motivated to get better, they get better outcomes, just as a matter of fact. Right. Uh, and those, they're, they're a pleasure to um, work with because they're, they're motivated, so they want the maximum out of the care they get. They right. are uh, 100% invested in getting a good outcome. So that's really where you, uh, everything comes together. Right. And, uh, it makes, makes you shine. Those patients make, make you look better. Right. But it's fun surgery. There's, it's nice to get somebody fixed to get them back up to their, their maximum level. Uh, they're appreciative of that. Right. And uh, uh, that's just kind of restoring their ability to do the activities. And, again, it's not all uh, professional athletes. Uh, just right. people that want to just do their regular exercise and get out and walk and stuff like that to get them back to that level so they can preserve their their lifestyle. Let me tell you, you know, we think about it, but your feet truly support your entire body. Yes. Right? I don't know. Yeah. Unless you're a circus performer, everybody has to walk around on their feet. Right. You know, they support your entire body and they take a lot of wear and tear, especially as we get older. So, you know, and then you have the, the the patients, of course, that are like the weekend athletes or just, you know, mm-hmm. you know, 
amateur athletes and then of course the professional athletes but mm-hmm. but you know when you look at the general care of the patient that you see in the greater Waterbury area we do have a lot of patients that you know have those general abnormalities that come into you but Correct. having the background that you have, you're able to treat them at a different level, which I think is really exciting for our community. Well, I think, yeah, what I think is good about that is, um, oh, I, I don't see any reason why you wouldn't treat everybody uh, to try to maximize the outcome they can get, maximize right. the return of function they can get. So if you're approaching it with that mentality, not with um, uh, just sort of, uh, getting by, right. uh, I think you get better outcomes. People are happier with with their care and with what can be uh, accomplished. And uh, if you're going to give it your all, you have a better chance of getting getting the all. Absolutely, you know. And so we were looking at which way to take our our direction tonight. And I think if I could, yeah, if I could diverge. Yeah, go ahead, one, Doc. With, <laughs> you know, here we go. Only because, here we go. Only, only because it's relevant to um, a couple of patients recently I've seen. Yeah. Uh, I think one of the um, points that are important in Waterbury, and it's completely different than sports medicine, but nonetheless uh, completely uh, important to the community and uh, the general health of the, uh, of the population, uh, something that's quite common uh, when it comes to feet, the high diabetic population, that high mm. uh, people that have uh, peripheral vascular disease, so lack of circulation to their feet, uh, a lot of wounds and a lot of infections develop because of that. Right. And uh, if you're not getting treated by the right people, you're either being overtreated or undertreated. There can be delays in your treatment. You can have overaggressive treatment, which can lead to all kinds of uh, unnecessary comorbidities or complications if you're not treated. Uh, aggressively and in the proper order and, and um, manner. You can also have a whole bunch of negative outcomes from that or excessive um, disabilities and uh, complications that could have been avoided. So finding, finding people who uh, can, are comfortable, are um, willing to, and uh, know the importance of uh, all the proper steps and uh, ancillary, uh, so right. additional services that are needed to get the maximum outcome is, is the most important. The, the sooner you get it treated, the better um, the, better the outcome, the, the, the more of your, of your body that's preserved, so to speak, because you quickly can get into situations where you're losing pieces and yeah. uh, that never, never ends well. Absolutely. So, you know, I, the one group I connected with you, connected you to right away, of course, is right across the hall from you is our endocrinologist, because our endocrinologists, where you are at 1389 West Main, they see, of course, a large population of diabetic patients. Yes. So would you also say to the listening audience who is either pre-diabetic or have a diabetic family member or diabetic, you know, diabetic themselves that they should be following with a podiatrist routinely to avoid such things yeah well my what i every time i end with um uh, well established patients or new patients the, the regardless of whatever whatever was covered in, yeah. in the um in the visit if you see something call up and say something right to, to steal a phrase from the bridges um little things are easy to treat in the office 
big things I'm seeing you in the hospital, they're not going to go the way you want them to. So even if it seems silly, uh, taking care of something the same day the next day is um, uh, really necessary as opposed to, well, see how it works out. It it never works out well. Uh, We'll say 99% of the time if you do the wait and see method. Um, the, The more time that passes, the worst, the worst things are going to end up being. So right. even little things is better to have uh, evaluated and reassured, oh, that's no big deal. We'll, we'll keep an eye on it as opposed to um, being cavalier uh, in a way. Well, and with the, you know, since we're on this topic and we're, we're talking about the diabetic population, one of the other issues with them is, of course, what we call neuropathy in the feet where they can't feel anything. So Quite sometimes, right? Yes. So sometimes because that's, they can't so the, feel it, it could get worse quick. Yeah, that's the kind of the one-two punch on, on, with the diabetics that gets people in trouble. Is you don't know what's going on, so it takes you a few days, unless you're inspecting your feet daily. Right. It takes you a few days to find out there's an issue. Um, right. By that time, you can already have established an infection, uh, right. and now you're to the next level of, uh, of, of treatment and potential level of complications. The other part that's an issue is the circulation. Right. Uh, unfortunately, the longer you have diabetes, the less well-controlled your sugars are. Yep, neuropathy, which is the numbness, goes up, but so does your, uh, in the other direction, your circulation and your perfusion, which is the amount of blood flow that gets to your tissue, goes down. So you don't know if something happened to you, and on top of not knowing it happened to you, your body has less of a chance of healing it. Right. You can imagine how uh, that end outcome ends up, so... Well, and the evaluation, so you can, I think uh, there's a, well, at least personally, and uh, somewhat of a trend, uh, evaluating things that could be an issue just based on um, uh, years of observation with uh, diabetics and certain uh, deformities in toes of the feet to address them ahead of time to reduce the chance of developing a problem and also to be aware of the. your neuropathy status and your circulation status so that if there is any issues, um, uh, you'll note that you have to act a lot faster and a lot more urgent um, than maybe if uh, you had less numbness or better perfusion. And, you know, one of the things things I used to see on the floors way back when um, with my diabetes. Three or four years ago. Three or four years ago, yeah. No, way back when. But, you know, we had, I was on ortho neural floor, but what I used to see with my diabetic patients were, um, you know, a lot of times, especially the way they would be in bed even, not even just their shoes, they would have pressure sores. Constantly. On their heels, right? That's a big thing at the... um, uh, uh, at the nursing homes and stuff yeah. too, and um, the, the, so the sad part is it's uh, completely avoid. I mean, it literally should never happen. Right. But uh, unfortunately, it happens a lot because it's it, it can happen so quickly, and it, it's everything else is going on. It's easy to sort of overlook. Yeah. Somebody's heels just resting on a bed for a, oh, a long yeah. period of time. We used to have the pillows underneath the calves, elevated mm-hmm. the sheepskin yep. underneath their heels. I mean, I just mm-hmm. remember all the special, processes. The special boots sometimes. The special uh, boots. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's funny, but it's it, when I say it's 30 years ago, it's it's all of 30 years ago. And when I think about the the pieces that we did or the, or the rules that we applied back then, they're the same. 
Hundred percent. I mean, right? the human body hasn't changed. The circulation hasn't changed. Right. The, the damage from pressure hasn't changed. It's it's um, the things that are sort of new now is ways to address the same problems that were happening to try to make it better. But in terms of the prevention, which really should be the more important part, yeah. that the principles are the same. So we're rediscovering or yeah. or be, tuning ourselves in to be more aware. Um, of the things that have always been an issue. But yourself and your colleagues, you guys are incredibly well-trained to save the limbs, right? So a that's lot the of goal. the work you do... We're out of business. If there's no feet, there, then we're out of business. That's so. right. That's right. So a lot <laughs> of the work that you're doing... Are there newer techniques or, or things that have come along in in the last several well, years to of, help? Yeah, in terms of what... Um, or the quote limb salvage. I, I think limb preservation is a better mm. is a better uh, or palatable term. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in terms of the ways to restore the blood flow or perfusion to the limb, that certainly has changed. Uh, so you need to have somebody who, who's aware of the new techniques and who refers to a uh, vascular specialist who can perform the new techniques. Uh, to maximize the outcomes, but the uh, the stuff in, in terms of my realm that has changed is uh, the ability to get wounds healed, mm. uh, cover tissue, move tissue, doing skin flaps and the uh, different biologics, which are sort of artificial grafts to promote healing. Um, those those are the things that have evolved and uh, made it easier and quicker to to heal people and cut down on the amount of uh, negative outcomes and damage that can right. occur and, and pre- preserve as much uh, of the normal anatomy, the feet and toes and, and, and limbs as possible, as opposed to it used to be uh, much easier, or well, not easier, that's the right, right word, but it, it, much less hesitation to be um, performing major amputations right. because uh, huh. people just weren't really able to uh, get wound sealed right. in a reasonable amount of time. So when you do a procedure on a diabetic patient such as that in the grafting and, and the ability to move mm-hmm. tissue around, because they're diabetic, is there always a concern that that won't heal? The work that you've cool. done, yeah, definitely, right, hundred percent. So, how do you, 100%. how do you get, how do you better the chances? Circulation is the the main one. So, you need to have somebody who is, can aggressively re um, restart the mm. uh, or improve or increase the flow of blood down to where you need to heal. Without blood flow, you're never going to heal anything. So, it doesn't matter how good your technique, your hands, or your, right. your novel. Um, right products, so that's the most important part. They got to get involved as soon as is possible. So that and would be your that, vascular people, your vascular yes. physicians, right? Okay. Yes, yes, or your interventional um, cardiologists. Right, uh, right. That's what I'm used to. Um, we're trained at Yale because they can actually restore blood flow from right. the toes up. Just, just so you know, so we're getting a new one. Very just, good. Just that's so you know, because that that is probably the key person. The, the we'll say the second most, <laughs> just because got to preserve some dignity. Yeah, Doctor Lazaroff is very person. excited, so we're getting yes. there. Yes, 
<laughs> so that that is probably the most important part. Without blood flow, you're not going to heal anything. But right. after that, then you need to get things covered as quickly as possible so that you decrease the chances of infection. Every day some, something is open, mm-hmm. by open meaning it's not covered in skin, you have a chance of getting an infection, which can lead to bone infection, to right. sepsis, blood infection, and you know where it goes from there. So right. that's, that's important. Uh, kind of a side note on that, too, is... We're talking about wounds, but anything with a diabetic takes longer. So trauma with diabetes, ankle mm-hmm. fractures, things like that, there's, there's, they're not treated the same way as a um, person without diabetes who has those issues. So the same approaches and, and cautions and um, sort of, we'll say, techniques in terms of uh, aggressiveness and the uh, extra interventions that need to be done uh, apply for diabetic trauma patients as well. Um, so I, I think the takeaway, my takeaway on the uh, people with diabetes, since this is sort of the side road I took us on here, is if you have an issue with uh, any of your, your downstairs, so to speak, yeah. uh, asking for, because uh, you're, you're certainly entitled to ask for um, whoever you want to take care of you, it is your body, right. uh, asking for somebody who specializes in in uh, treating that stuff would do you a uh, tremendous amount of good. And how how blessed are we to have this next generation here in Waterbury between yourself and your colleagues? Every day, every day I kneel down and praise God that uh, he delivered Steve Lazaroff. So <laughs> the two agree. of you, the two of you are just, it's incredible. And every day I am grateful that you guys came across my way and I didn't let you go, right? <laughs> No, ma'am. <laughs> when I find a good thing, I hang on for the good of my patients in this community <laughs> and the hospital for sure. So let's move a little bit away from that because yeah. there's so many other things that you do. And one of the one of the kind of lighter things that we were talking about but could lead to major problems is, you know, we we talk about the summertime and all the different incredibly comfortable flip-flop shoes that we're wearing. Of course, flip-flops mm-hmm. can cause you problems. Well, I don't think it's a you problem. You could trap really they, easy. Well, well that, that, that could be a problem. No question about it. If you're exposed, they could get stepped on or oh. run over or who knows what. But in terms of, because I think what you're getting at is the lack of support and the, sort of the structure. That right. It's not so much that they cause problems. They allow, they uncover problems that could develop. Mm. They make it easier for those problems to develop. It's kind of like... Um, uh, pointy shoes, high heeled shoes, that sort of thing. That doesn't necessarily make you develop hammer toes or bunions. Yeah. It's just, it makes it easier for a person who would potentially be prone to that because of genetic reasons mm. to then develop those issues faster mm. or to a greater, greater degree. So the same thing happens with the, the flip-flops and um, flip-flops are notorious for getting caught on things or your foot slipping and a lot of sprains and foot fractures come from that. Um, people a lot of times will come in with um, pain on the inside of their ankle, um, not really doing anything. It's just sort of developed It's because they've been in flip-flops all summer. So all of the soft tissue structures, the ligaments and the tendons on the inside of your ankle and foot are just getting tired. You're getting fatigued from having to do all the extra support because you've been walking around on uh, basically barefoot when it really comes down to it. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of the... Uh, that's my two cents on now. So, what do you do for them? Somewhere. So, what do you do for them when they come in with that? Well, like how do you treat them? 
first and foremost is get out of the flip-flops yes <laughs> minimize our time I, I say it's kind of the, what seems to work is if you're going to be doing errands you're going to be on your feet all day well, you don't need to be in flip-flops if you're going to go walk to the beach and sit down most of the time or you're going to go visit somewhere you're not going to be your yeah. Go out to lunch. Well, then it doesn't matter because you're not going to be on your feet that long. You don't need to. You need to be smart about what you're doing for your um, uh, the majority of your day and quote dress appropriately for that. But uh, when it comes to the, when once you develop those problems and they don't go away, well, then there's uh, kind of stages again with that conservative stuff. Uh, you, you overcompensate by getting into uh, more supportive shoes with yeah. uh, orthotics, and some people just based on their foot type uh, benefit from having constant support. And we make uh, custom orthotics for right. for people to take care of that. You need to get onto a, a stretching uh, routine because many times uh, a tight calf uh, is really a driver of a lot of people's issues in their in their feet. Right. And uh, nobody sits around and, and stretches their calves unless they've been told to. Right. Um, and even then, sometimes so. That's a driving issue, so addressing it with that. Uh, and then, unfortunately, depending on how long things have been going on, sometimes there's more, oh, uh, we'll say, substantial inflammatory tissue that needs to be addressed, or there can even start to be some degeneration or, or, or uh, wearing of, uh, of the soft tissue, and goes long enough, uh, you may need to be immobilized in a boot, uh, physical therapy, which is pretty time-consuming, uh, and sometimes even uh, surgical intervention if it's um, you know, summer after summer after summer and uh, you've stretched things out so far that uh, they're not really supporting you anymore. Imagine that. I mean, we don't even think about that. I know I can tell you in my closet right now, I have a basket full of all different kinds of sandals you could possibly imagine like flatter <laughs> sandals because i don't mm-hmm. like heels because i'm not a big heel person because i'm short mm-hmm. and although i, I could use the height yeah, <laughs> yeah so i could use the height but i just find that you know heels are not comfortable but i can tell you i have to vary the sandals because it just depends like sometimes i can wear a certain pair for the whole day but then sometimes by nighttime they're just my feet are done they're spent i can't just just tired yeah they're tired you know and i have to put on yeah 100 percent all day your muscles and your and your your ligaments have been doing too much work and they're just they don't have anything else in them so when that is day after day after day Hmm. uh, over time the structure of those things actually do change so they first they start breaking down well they get inflamed first right then when they get past the inflamed stage they start to degenerate or break down and when that is prolonged um without being addressed then they start to to tear right and uh so when you get to the tears that's that's when surgery needs to come in um when they're just inflamed there's different ways different levels of the anti-inflammatory treatments you can do uh, icing oral anti-inflammatory injections um in addition to support uh but it would be better is when they start to bother you 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 intervene right away 
it's a lot easier for that stuff, kind of like with the diabetics again, yeah. a lot easier with, for that stuff to be uh, addressed quickly because your body does want to heal itself when it gets a right. chance. Um, as long as you don't have it go beyond what it can what it can fix on its own. Well, I started getting smart. So the one, when I find her, she was bothering me like that at the end of the day. I'm like, okay, you're done. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. You're done. You know, and unfortunately, we have to start looking at investing in a better shoe, which probably costs you more money. But you know what? It's worth it. Yeah, in the long run, if it's going to prevent issues and, and make your feet happier so that you're yeah. be happier through the day and more productive, then, yeah, uh, investment up front, but it's um, uh, investments, the whole point is they pay off more at the end. So so I, I myself notice as I get older, I get different sensations in my feet, just depending, but, I, and I hear my, my female buddies, we all complain about the same thing now as we get older, but let's talk a little bit about, because you all, you brought it up in some of the things we want to talk about, about heel pain, and where does that generate yes. from, and what, you know, what causes it? So there's a lot of different things that can cause it. I mean, you can, um, the, the the fat pad, so the cushion on the bottom of your heel, that can wear out over time. Mm. Uh, so that's, that, that's just more of a, a, a um, usually more tied into uh, aging. So, uh, that's, oh, thank that's you. One, but let, let's, yeah, I, 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 I always tell people. I always tell people it's experience. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. A more aging. experienced you're, person. You're gaining more experience. <laughs> so that that's 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 that kind of category. There, you can certainly have um, uh, nerve entrapment because directly across your the bottom of your heel. Um, tucked in between the layers of muscle and, and, and ligament, the nerve can go across there. So you certainly can get an entrapped nerve, which uh, can certainly cause a lot of issues. But the main one is, again, circling back to the the uh, overuse or the wear and tear so that that ligament in the bottom of your heel, the plantar fascia ligament, because that's almost everybody knows somebody's had plantar fasciitis or they've had heel pain themselves. Uh, kind of you get up in the morning, it hurts, or get up from rest, it hurts. Or after you've been on your feet for a while, they start to, to ache. Um, that is basically is the, the overuse. You're, you're asking it to do more support than it wants to. It's not getting a chance to heal itself, so you're developing the initially inflammation and then goes through that process and then degeneration and mm. you can even develop uh, tears uh, but uh, the problem is uh, all the soft tissue around it has to do extra work so then that starts causing trouble and, and then you start shifting how you're walking and standing and uh, things fall apart after that because you, you start compensating and you're picking up bad habits and right uh, and it throws off everything apart. else right it throws your hips yes. off your back Knees, off right? hips. hips exactly so how do you treat it well the um the, the first two things you usually start with depending on how long you've had and how right how inflamed and sort of how angry it is at you uh, is st- stretching and some kind of uh, uh, anti-inflammatory uh, along with uh, support. So the anti-inflammatory, uh, it's not always an inflammatory issue, but you can have, um, it can at least give you some temporary improvement so that you can not have to walk funny or can do the the therapy a little more successfully because it doesn't hurt. So that's that's the role of the anti-inflammatory. But stretching your calves so that you remove that that excess tension that's uh, on the bottom of your foot from a tight calf, and then right. the uh, support shoes, orthotics, um, 
that's the avenue that usually you begin with on there. Uh, it certainly depends on how um, long you've had it, so right. how much degeneration possibly is in there and how much it needs to be reco- to recover. Um, uh, use boots, depending if it's really bad and in, right. in, in acute, and in, in, then some immobilization for a little while. Think of it as a removable cast to just let it calm down and let your body yeah. try to do a little healing. Uh, there's things called night splints that will help um, stretch out your calves uh, to kind of get you pre-stretched for, for the, your day when you wake up in the morning. Uh, a lot of times you use injections. Uh, think of the injection as a reset. Um, it doesn't cure the underlying issue, but it makes it so that you can, again, get back to the normal normal standing, normal position, normal walking, so that you don't just keep exacerbating what was going on in the first place. And then support is the uh, the big one because you can do all those things, but it's going to come back again unless you have uh, proper support either through strengthening of the, the muscles and the tissue around it uh, in addition to some kind of support in the arch that keeps the alignment of your of your 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 foot uh proper so that you're not putting that excess tension and strain on the uh on the ligament what about you know i i definitely want to talk a bit about flat feet and because now that we're we're kind of going down that road but what about pain across the top of your foot like the bridge of your foot what what causes that is the same thing there's sort of there's not, not a lot of structures that are going on across there. So if it's sort of radiating pain or, or sharp right. pain there, you could have some spurring, and there's not a lot of cushion between your skin and, and right. uh, the nerves and the, the bones there. So that could be one. Uh, it's not as common, but you could certainly get tendonitis uh, on the top of your foot, especially if you have a tight calf again because the muscles in the front of your leg are working extra time to try to overcome the pull. The main one, though, usually is, um, arthritis and arthritis comes from uh, a sag in your arch mm. which pinches the top of the joint because again you don't have the right support um, holding up the the archway uh, uh, so to speak because that's sort of how your foot is designed as a uh, uh, use arch because it is an arch uh, with the, the keystones in the top of your foot where you're talking about the pain right that you get pinching uh, on the top of that because you're putting too much pressure on the top of the joint uh, since you're uh, basically stretching the foot out since it doesn't have enough support underneath it. Very interesting, Doc. There's a lot going on in the foot. Well, there is and there isn't. Yeah, it's, it's, the foot is a dumb hand. Um, <laughs> when it, sort of the way it was developed and how, how it functions. So it's, um, but they all it all sort of works together. Yeah. The, um, the part about the foot that set, sets it apart is uh, all the weight it takes because, right. again, like we had said before, all your weight goes through your foot. So right. you have to stomp around on that thing for um, however long you're alive, well, minus one year, however long you're alive. So yeah. that thing takes a beating over your lifetime. So, you know, I I talk about it because you mentioned oh, the supports that go in the, the shoes. So it made me think about flat feet. And mm-hmm. how often do you see that? And do you treat that with inserts in the shoe? Well, it depends. Yeah. So flat feet is pretty common. Um uh, sort of, I, I like to say the ingrown nails are like cavities of the dentist, so mm. it's kind of equivalent that way. Um, flat feet is a pretty regular thing. Uh, in kids, you get them a, a, a lot. A lot of times, though, in children, it's not really um, an issue. It's more parents are concerned. When they start bothering you, kids, uh, then you start to get involved. Um, 
kids are usually pretty flexible, uh, so some stretching and, and arch supports, orthotics would be uh, appropriate for, for children. You try to avoid having to do anything major with children because until everything is um, developed and growth plates are closed and stuff, there's room for manipulation and, right. and sort of guiding your foot structure in the right direction. Flat feet, when they kind of become a problem, is you have a significant flat foot uh, either could be from the structure and the architecture of your foot, and then that would lead to uh, soft tissue injury and, and, and tears and arthritis. Uh, and you certainly can start with orthotics, but depending on at what point people finally seek help, uh, if there is significant tears in the tendons that normally would try to support the arch, or the arthritis has progressed because your foot's been locked in this position yeah, that right. uh, is not normal, well, then surgery comes in uh, into those roles. Uh, it's the people who are have a flat foot, they're increasing their activity, um, uh, increasing their demand, have been wearing bad, uh, unsupportive mm. uh, footwear, uh, that's the stage where you try to intervene there before you develop all these other issues so that you can get rid of, the again, the underlying issues, these tight calves and lack of support. And I think so orthotics is a good place is a to good start. Place to, yeah, I think, you know, honestly, you look at the footwear that we all wear, and especially women, we're the worst. You know, we go for look versus, <laughs> but as I've gotten older, it's about the comfort. It's definitely practical about the practical. practical yeah, yeah. And I don't care. Role. I don't care that my husband's six three. I really don't. His wife is short. <laughs> she's not putting on the heels, right? And nope. it's 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 you know. I and honestly, you know, you were talking. We were talking about the flip flops, but you know, now we're moving into the cold weather. And plus, I work at the hospital, so we can't have open toe shoes. So no, we're always yeah. with the closed toe shoes and trying to find one that fits your foot. And your toes at the same time is not an easy feat for women. Well, that's so that's yeah, that the majority of the time where people come in with issues with hammer toes and bunions is when we're going from the summer, open sandals and all that stuff, right. coming into closed shoes and boots. <laughs> that's when things start to, um, well, that's when the majority of people present with uh, painful hammer toes and oh. bunions. And it's for that very reason because shoes aren't really. If you never had to wear shoes or you always could wear sandals, almost nobody would ever have any issues, even if they did develop bunions and hammer toes. But we don't live in that kind of climate here in, in Connecticut, so um, we got to work around that stuff. There's only so much that accommodation you can do with with the shoes right. once you get have developed those those um, uh, deformities in the in the in the toes and the feet. So yeah, they're. Uh, those, I, I, I refer to them as a sort of mechanical issues. Uh, so there's limited things that you can do to treat that. I mean, your, your window is smaller for what's actually available. You can try your best to accommodate the shoes. Most people have already tried different shoes at right, that point, right. um, which is common sense. They've taken, um, they may have done some soaking in their feet. They've used the uh, Advil, um, the Aleve, uh, and they're past that because that stuff's not working. Or they're getting little blisters or little calluses and stuff. So when it comes to that, uh, depending on how severe the deformity is, if it's more just it's inflamed and hasn't gotten a chance to recover because you've been in shoes the whole time, we can do stronger anti-inflammatories. A lot of I do a lot of injections and stuff, um, and there are little, depending on 
how receptive people are and how right. a lot a lot of it has to do with if things are uh, correctable passively so you can put them back where they need to be or if they've been uh, you've either had a bunion for a long time or you've had a hammer toast for a long time soft tissue around it contracts so that it's not stretchy anymore it's sort of locked in position right uh, i bring that up because there you can get different little splints and stuff you can wear in your shoes uh to try to it's like glasses when you're wearing it can temporarily correct the problem uh but when that stuff doesn't happen uh yeah a lot of times then uh, surgery that's where surgery will come in uh, when sort of there's no other options yeah and i mean you think to yourself okay i'm going to have surgery and then i'm going to wear the same shoes next year is it going to happen again well if you correct it correctly yeah um then and you address all the issues that would right. lead to it in the first place yeah you probably can get back into the um uh, the shoes that you wanted to wear that uh, your deformities that were developing over <laughs> over a number of years right. uh, prevented you from, you probably could get back into those. Um, but you might not want to anyway because they left a bad, bad the, taste in your mouth. Absolutely. So so, they left a bad impression in my foot. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and like I said, I, we don't call it aging. I call it getting experience. That's so right. I some experience. You said, I probably don't need this anymore. <laughs> what is, can we talk a bit about, you know, I want to start talking about a little bit about some of the other work that you do with the foot and ankle surgery in mm. regards to, you know, ankle fractures and, and things along mm-hmm. those lines. But before we do, what is, can we talk to the audience about what is a stress fracture? Stress fracture. So stress fracture is um, oh is a fracture. So we, we put them into into fracture. Stress fracture wasn't from you got in a car accident and you fell off the roof. Right. Stress fracture is kind of think of it kind of like the whole idea with the um, plantar fasciitis too. It's repetitive injury that wasn't on a single episode that was enough to outright break the bone, but it's cumulative, repetitive over and over and over and over again so that the bone is weakening and eventually you you start getting breakdown uh, in that spot in the bone. Uh, it certainly can progress to what you would consider an out-and-out fracture, but it's it's small incremental injury to the bone where your body doesn't have a chance to heal it, so that's why people long-distance running and things like that, or people that go on long, long hikes when they maybe hadn't been um, as active leading up to that right. as they may have wanted to. Your body doesn't have a chance to heal those little micro injuries, uh, and that progresses to then the fracture. So it's more of the mechanism that gets you to the, to the fracture. There's certain places that are a little more prone to getting stress fractures um, as well. Uh, so that that's a little bit different on, on that point. A lot of times um, the stress fractures are treated differently you, you you need to have them immobilized and you need to cut down on the activity whereas if you had an ankle fracture unless that thing's perfectly aligned you have to outright fix it put everything back where it belongs so right. that, that's kind of the delineation with with the different types of fractures there and how speaking. would you know uh, you know how would you know to seek attention if you have a stress fracture because you haven't done anything that mm-hmm. would cause the fracture that you know of like a trauma yep. You know. Yep. If if it's getting worse with more activity, um, you've got a swollen spot on your foot mm. that um, keeps coming back with your activity. Uh, tender in a sort of a specific place. 
that gets better with rest and then again hurts with the more activity that's probably something to have uh, looked at because uh, like i said uh, that can progress to a um, an out and out fracture which then sometimes any fracture unfortunately has a chance of not healing and may need intervention so right. if you can get ahead of it um you can save yourself uh right um uh, surgery basically um or or expedite how fast it heals as opposed to having a more long drawn out uh, treatment and do you do imaging? Is that how you I would diagnose say too, it? In terms of prevent, yeah, yeah, a- X-rays. Yeah. Um, although sometimes they 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 lag on the X-ray. Um, huh. If it's specifically painful along a um, a specific bone or at a specific place at a bone, right, uh, is a good way. And a lot of times it's sort of a clinical diagnosis, so you might not have um, a specific finding on your X-ray, so to speak. But uh, you've using your your clinical judgment uh you've seen it before you treat things as stress fractures if it's not out and out fractured for the mobilization and you see if it's responding well to that a lot of times too is uh, uh depending on the needs of uh the person i've patient that um is getting ready to be uh some scouting from college uh baseball hmm. so you get mris to see what the um what the condition of the uh, inflammation inside the bone, or you can see much more subtle detail with MRIs. Uh, so that's another way to uh, diagnose. Diagnose what you're saying. Now, yeah, I want to talk a bit about you know your the foot and ankle surgeries that you and your colleagues do, and what is some of the the techniques, some of the things that you do, so that we can share it with the audience, so they know. You know, I know that if I have myself or a family member or a friend that hurts their foot, I yep. have them call either you or doctor. You know, lab doctor. Like I know that. I'm going to get you them in to specialist. So, you know, communicating what you do now to the community, I want to educate them on what I know. Perfect. Um, well, I guess we could start with uh, sort of elective and work our way from there. So um, hammer toes and bunions, uh, start with that briefly. If you do yeah. get to the point where you need to have surgery, there's many different ways to, to do that. What I personally do is um, for the the bunions, I, I don't like to do the surgery until you're basically begging for it because you need it because <laughs> uh, then you're going to be happy you had it. But um, what you don't want is you, you first you want the pain gone, you want the deformity corrected, and you don't want it to come back. Uh, there is a chance that um, you sort of choose the wrong procedures, you execute them wrong, it can come back in the future. Mm. Uh, so uh, personally, I wouldn't want to have surgery more than once if I didn't need to. Uh, the other issue is it certainly can be, joint can be stiff if it's already been malaligned for a long time. So I like to do fusions for my bunions. It's predictable. Uh, you, you you know what outcome you're going to get. The pain is gone and it's not coming back. Mm. Um uh, with the uh, hammer toes, I like to do rebalancing of the soft tissue around it so that the pull on top and the pull on the bottom is the same, uh, so the toe goes back to where it needs to. And I don't, uh, people might be aware, a lot of times when people do hammer toes, they have pins sticking out of their feet. Mm-hmm. I don't like any of that stuff. So uh, the way I do it, there's nothing sticking out of your foot that needs to be taken out in the office down the road. So that's that's that. <laughs> um 
arthritis, because that would sort of be the next, and arthritis can certainly fall into that category of uh, flat feet can develop the arthritis, uh, old trauma can develop the arthritis. Um, fusions is what you do for arthritis, but you need to, what's important when it comes to fusions is getting the positioning of your foot right, since that's going to be the position that remains right. going forward, and you don't want to develop other issues because the, the positioning is also, you need somebody who's going to put your foot in the right spot when they do their, their techniques um, and knows the proper way to prepare the joints so that they will actually fuse successfully and uh, use the hardware that's not going to create issues in the future. And these um, surgeries now, they're, it's not like the surgeries have gone by. Patients go home. Oh, I don't have any patients that ever stay for anything. Um, even the biggest surgery you probably would do when it comes to foot and ankle is Charco, right. um, which was diabetic. And basically, you're, the foot fell apart, so you're putting it all back together. You've got multiple incisions all over the place. You're fusing all kinds of places. You've got all kinds of metal across there. Uh, even those go home the same day. You, you get a nerve block behind your knee. And, wow. um, I mean, you're going to have some <laughs> you're gonna have some discomfort because you're you're having surgery, but we can work around that and manage it, but it's, everybody seems to have a much better experience. They can go home the same day as opposed to having to uh, stay, stay in their house. There is certain people, older people or people that can't tend for care for themselves or, um, or have an inability to be non-weight bearing. If that's important that, yeah, they might have to go to a rehab facility or they just feel more comfortable, but, right. um, Everybody that is willing to and can, I have them go home right after surgery. Because long uh, ago, times, long ago, when I was on the floors, yeah, they were there for, for days, and, for and and they had these huge wrappings on their feet, yes, massive yes, no. thing, and there was a little flower sewn on there. I know, I've heard. You of heard that about that? <laughs> might be familiar. With might the, be familiar with, with the, that man who did that. that. <laughs> yes, that's the other. The other thing that has changed. Um, and it, it definitely has to do with surgeons' comfort level um, and their technique. Uh, walking on your your operated foot uh, right away, I'm pretty aggressive in terms of uh, uh, most things I can have people walk on right away, wow. which certainly makes it easier for people to uh, get around um, and stay safe because uh, what you don't want is fall and get hurt because you're trying to protect you, whatever you just had operated yeah. on. You don't want to create another issue because right. you just had one fixed. So I, um, uh, a lot of procedures I can have people walking on right away. I mean, you're not going out and doing errands and, and jogging around or going for a hike, but you certainly can be walking on it so you're not trying to fumble around with crutches and, and get around in your house and the bathroom and you're not bed bound. Um, so that's that that's sort of a new uh, keep pushing the boundary on that. You can find more things that you can walk on, uh, even ankle fractures, uh, which sounds well, ankle fractures sounds serious, which and it is. And again, when it comes to alignment, I was talking about the fusions. You fix an ankle, uh, you need that thing to be the way it was uh, god made it so to speak because if it's not you're going to develop arthritis pretty quick and right. that's going to cripple you going forward you're going to need additional surgery so you need that fixed you need somebody who who knows how to fix that correctly to do it but you can, even those things a lot nowadays you can start to get people to walk much sooner on that stuff that's amazing 
That's amazing, you know, because I think comfort back... level. It's, it's comfort level, it's experience, it's right. um, uh, willingness to, uh, uh, to push the envelope in a safe way right. and not be stuck in sort of, well, we've been doing it this way since the 70s, so right. I guess this is how we do it. That You, you need to... Uh, as it's justified, you need to be able to um, to to move with with the new the new the new information, the new, the new, new studies and stuff. And I think that's in the new techniques, which allow yeah. you to do these things that you couldn't before. Um, so I think that's one of the benefits of uh, the the new blood, so to speak, in the area that can uh, approach things in a in a um, revised way. Uh, to allow these uh, uh, better recoveries, easier recoveries, and uh, better outcomes. And we are so lucky that we have you in our Waterbury area, and you've been doing a lot of work out of our Naugatuck Valley Surgery Center, too, which I know you love that experience. Very accommodating there, and I don't have any patients that ever... Um, have an issue with uh, with the ladies that that um, make them comfortable and then get them uh, through their the before, their during, and the after. So and yeah, they're raisin toast right after their surgery. They get well, raisin toast. I'll be honest. Once in a while, if their patients are asleep, I might start sneaking a bite because that <laughs> stuff smells good. <laughs> so believe it or not, Doc, we are we are right at the end of our program. So what would you like to leave um, with the audience? I would like to leave with the audience. If you have an issue, um, foot and ankle or anything else, I uh, think not the seeking out the person who can do the best job um, is going to pay dividends to you as opposed to uh, oh, just kind of going with uh, whatever is presented to you. Right. Uh, do your homework. You're not required. Exactly. You're not required to uh, necessarily uh, have whatever treatment or whoever is presenting the treatment uh, perform it, you certainly could ask for a second opinion um, if you just don't have a good feeling or right. if you're asking around and other people have been treated and they uh, have good Oh, good things to say. Yeah. Well, ask for that person, whoever whoever take, took care of them. Well, we are so happy to have you back in Greater Waterbury area from Wisconsin. <laughs> and uh, you can um, learn more uh, about Dr. Ryan Donegan. He's at Advanced Podiatric Specialists there at 1389 West Main Street, um, Suite 222, Tower 2. I know that building well, right across yeah. from our, our endocrinologist. And the phone number there is 203 5792000 and definitely if you are a pre-diabetic or diabetic patient make sure you seek the best care for yourself to avoid problems. Yes, early early intervention on little things will you Go will, will never regret that. Yes. Well, doc, thank you for joining me and I promise well, to have you back. Well, mine. I will Thank have you, you back again. Back. You're welcome. Excellent. Take care. Excellent. We'll talk we won't soon. Don't tell Steve. No, don't tell Steve. Well, I think he knows. Never. We're in trouble already. Very, <laughs> Very good. Have a good weekend. You too. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you, everyone, again, for joining us. We are definitely at the end of our program. Johnny's giving me the wrap-up. I hope you enjoyed our program, and you can definitely learn more about the podiatric services um, at St. Mary's Hospital by visiting our website, trinityhealthofne.org. Have a great night. Take care.